City. Hill City. Hill City. Um, it's Kara Robinson back with a March podcast episode of Hill City Kids Around. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm the next generation pastor at Hill City Church. And what that title means is that I have the honor of overseeing all the things that go on on Sunday morning and the curriculum from birth to high schoolers. And I have phenomenal people that help support that, like Lauren Galloway, our preschool coordinator, and Corey Goss, our youth pastor. So we all work together to make sure the experience that your kids and youth get on Sunday mornings is phenomenal. And we also work together to um, put together resources to help you guys because we want to partner with you as a parent to lead your kids um, in an ongoing relationship with Jesus. We want you to be successful as the spiritual leaders of your household. So that is your kids and youth team here at Hill City and how we work together. And one of those resources is this podcast where I'm going to go over the parent cue, which are just some suggestions and ideas to offer up to you guys to help your family kind of build an organic faith. We don't want our kids just to think that Jesus and um, talking to God is something that we just do on Sunday mornings. We want them to know that it is a fluid thing, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, that it all connects together um, with a real life faith that should be interwoven with the things that we do, the things we think and say. Um, And so these parent cues are things that should naturally happen in the rhythm of your household. Um, No matter what your family's like, there's certain things that you guys do together. Um, It's waking up, it's going to bed, it's eating meals, um, traveling together. Um, So all of these parent cues should be something that you can just kind of naturally incorporate in your everyday life. You might not do a particular thing every single day, and that's okay, um, but it is here for you um, just to try and test out and see how it goes. It might kind of feel awkward in the very beginning, but it should be um, such a natural thing that you don't really feel like you're trying. It's just kind of a suggestion to see how it goes. So for the month of March, Our theme is made, and I'm super excited about March in particular because made is the theme in all of our children's environments. So in every phase at Hill City Kids, everyone is going to be experiencing this theme. It's just going to look a little bit different on the different age levels, but super excited. So our focus is Psalm Chapter 139, verse 14, with the verse, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's going to be the verse that kind of is interwoven throughout all our different phases. And it's going to be looked at differently at different age appropriateness, depending on how old your child is. So we're going to spend some time focusing primarily on preschool. I am going to expand a little bit with elementary, and then towards the end, I'm going to give you a little bit of a heads up, because along with this theme, it is perfect for talking about sexual integrity, 
with your child, no matter what the age is. I'm going to break it down and explain a little bit what that looks like at the preschool level, the elementary level, middle school, and high school. But I know you may be traveling around with your kids in the car, so I will give you a heads up before we start really going in depth on that, so don't you worry. But anyway, so as we talk about preschoolers, their basic truth this month is that God made me. And again, with our preschool curriculum, it's called First Look. There are three main truths that we want your child um, to know and have in their heart by the time they come down to the campground for elementary. We want them to know that God made them, that God loves them, and that Jesus wants to be their friend forever. So this month, with our focus of who made you, God made you. Our basic truth is their understanding that God made them. And that's so important because that one truth is going to help help them build their identity and help them build their self-confidence and self-worth. Um, and that's another important thing that we'll talk about kind of at my little uh, Kara's parenting corner is how important that self-worth is um, and also how fragile it is with our kids. So by really using this month to instill in them and remind them that God made them is really important. So here are some parent cue things that you can do to expand on that this month of March and help instill that God made them and how important that is. Because again, if they're just hearing it on a Sunday morning, that's great and fine. But if we can partner together, then we can instill it even more and go even further with your child with that. Because an average family um, really is only in church during a year for 40 hours a year. And I think it's probably a little bit less than that now. Um, because I think the average family attends church a little bit less than two times a month is what the national average is. Um, but you guys, as a parent, have over 3,000 hours with your child during the year. So we are foolish if we don't want to come alongside you as a parent. Um, that's why that's one of our main visions for Hill City Kids is to be able to partner with you to lead them spiritually. So As we partner together, here are some suggestions. Um, With your morning time, when you go in your child's room this month, say, good morning, I see someone God made. It's you. God made you. And I am so glad he did. Um, And I just love their suggestions for going into your kids' rooms and waking them up with something positive to say. Last month, if you listened to the February episode, I said I still do that with my 11-year-old. Um, and it's true. Each morning when I wake my kids up, I tell them how much I love them and that it's going to be a good day because they are in it. And it's true. It's going to be a good day because you are in it. And God made you to do amazing things. So we're going to re- remind them this month by saying, good morning. I see someone God made. It's you. God made you. And I am so glad he did. Um, All right, so that is our morning time. When you are driving around RVA this month, um, we have a couple of great drive time suggestions for you. In fact, if you have not picked up our drive time tumbler from the welcome desk on the kids' side, I encourage you to do so. Each month, we give you a new insert that you can pop inside your coffee tumbler. And so while you're sitting in carpool line or taking your kiddos to soccer practice or driving to Nana's house, you can um, look at that drive time when you're at a stoplight. And um, there's 
either like a game that you can play with your kids in the car looking for different things or there's um, like a talking point suggestion. So this month when you guys are in the car driving around um, for for preschoolers, younger age preschoolers, as you drive, you can repeat their name. So we'll say um, Latavia. Latavia is fearfully and wonderfully made using different people's names. So if you see someone in the car next to you, that person, see that person in the car? They are fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, there's a postman delivering mail. He's fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, look at that person fixing the lights up there. They are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you can see how many friends or family members or community helpers you can spot or name before you get where you're going. If they're a little bit older, um, maybe four or five years old, um, it says there are, their suggestion is, what do you do? So you can ask your child, um, when your body gets dirty, what do you do? So their suggestion would be, take a bath. All right, before you go to bed, what do you do? And so they might say brush their teeth or pray, or maybe they pick up their room, put their pajamas on. Um, so you can also kind of hear in their opinion, what are some things that you do before you go to bed? Um, and here's another really important one. And we joke about this as parents, especially as moms, um, how we can never do anything on our own, even go to the bathroom. But um, I will tell you, there. It's funny, but your children also need to know things about privacy and about how some things are important um, to keep private or to do alone. And we'll go more in depth when we start talking about sexual integrity, but they have a brilliant suggestion for four and five-year-olds. When someone else is in the restroom, what do you do? And their response, they need to understand you need to leave them alone. Even when you're in... A public restroom, you know, where there's people around, you need to leave the person alone while they're going to the bathroom. Um, I think that's super important. So, and we can continue asking questions that help your child think about how to respect their own body and the bodies of others. And that's going to be a really big focus for you guys at home this month and conversations you have with your kids. And they've got some great suggestions. And at the end, I can give you um, some resources and a list of resources for you to use to help you have these great conversations with your kids. Um, but that's the drive time suggestion. Um, for bath time, it is a great time when they're in the bath to teach your child the correct names for his or her body parts. Um, you can turn it into a game. You can give your kiddo their own sponge or a washcloth and then tell them to listen and wash only the body part that you name. Um, and it won't take too many baths before your child will know that the body God made them from head to toe is super special and loved. Um, and again, that's a great time to see what they know already and what else you can teach them. Um, it's a great learning milestone being able to name, you know, your body parts from your heads to your toes. But it's also super important that they know the names um, of their private parts too. So don't leave those out. And again, we'll go into more depth at that um, in the end. I'll give you the heads up. So this month, we also have a super cute song. Um, that I will play for you here in just a second. It's called More Than Anything. So here's a little bit of More Than Anything. From my eyes to my ears to my mouth and nose From my head down to my toes From my eyes to my ears to my mouth and nose 
Going to be taken throughout all the different phases and environments of Hill City Kids. And so while the preschoolers are focusing more on how every person is wonderfully made by God this month and how um, He made us to be creative and helpful and smart like Him and how we're so important to God, He gave His only Son to be with us. For um, so we could be with him forever, and how we honor God when we show respect to the bodies he made for us, and we honor God when we show respect to the people he made. Well, that's the, our preschool focus. Um, our elementary school focus is also going to be very similar to that. So that first week of elementary school kids, we're going to focus on how God made us in his image. And then the next week, we're going to focus on how God wants to have a relationship with him. And then we're going to move on to how God made us to make a difference, which I think is super important for our kids to realize that God already planned important and amazing things in advance for us to do, that he created us with a purpose. Um, So oftentimes it can be easy to think that we don't have a purpose. And as the earlier that our kids can latch on to that and realize that they do have purpose, that God made them and equipped them, um, not only in his image, but with the ability to make a difference, to do those things he planned for them to do. Um, how amazing for that to be instilled in them in an early age um, so that they can realize how cool it is to see the things that that they're naturally drawn to or naturally good at and invest in those things and and realize that they have a purpose. I just think it's so good for our kids to have that at an early age. It only sets them up um, to do bigger and better things and to have such a great sense self of worth. So that's going to be week three. Week four in the campground, we're going to talk about how God wants us to see what really matters. And we're going to focus on 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, how um, it says how man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. Um, in elementary school, that's when we start noticing differences, right? Whether it's difference in appearance or how people behave. Um, and kids can start becoming really mean and vindictive. Sadly, um, with my son, I didn't notice this really until fourth grade where we started having friendship issues and having to talk out about what to do when someone makes fun of us or we're excluded from things. Um, with my daughter, sadly, it started earlier. It started in second grade, actually. Um, so the the quicker we can be there to talk to our kids about how you know we don't make fun of kids. Um, we, it's great to see the differences and appreciate the differences, but we don't make fun of the differences because remember, we're all made in the image of God and how to talk out those things with them when they're picked on or when their friends are picking on other people, what we should do and stand up um, to our friends and let them know that it's not right. Um, and also how to work through um 
thing like with kids are acting out how we don't make fun and how we can be helpers in a situation where we see something that's wrong I think that's super important and then week five we're going to end with how God made us to love others and what that looks like. We're not meant just to keep that love to ourselves, but to tell other people that God loves them and sees that they are worthy and how he wants to be in a relationship with them and how to apply that um, as a kindergartner through fifth grader. Um, so that's what made is going to look like for our elementary kids. And again, that same focus um, of the Bible verse is how you made me is amazing and wonderful. I praise you for that. What you have done is wonderful, and I know that full well. So same memory verse, but just a little bit longer and more in depth for our elementary kids. All right, so moving on from that, if you are listening with your kiddos in the car, you might want to go ahead and stop and save the rest of this podcast for another time because we are going to be moving into the sexual integrity part that made um, kind of sets up perfectly for you guys as a parent. Um, If you haven't thought about how to talk to your kids about sex, um, this month is a perfect time to do it. And I'm going to encourage you to start this conversation Um, even toddler and preschool age, because studies show that the more you talk about it, the healthier kids have um, a view of self and appreciation for their body and the less promiscuous they are. Again, I'm going to repeat that. The more comfortably you talk about sex and um, sexual integrity, the less promiscuous your kids are and um, just the better confidence and self-worth that they have. Um, So it's important to start these conversations when they're young. So with that heads up, we are going to kind of transition into a focus talking about sexual integrity. And um, if you've never heard the term sexual integrity before, um, it means guarding my potential for intimacy through appropriate boundaries and mutual respect, which I love. Um, You may or may not have grown up in the church. And if you did grow up in the church, my guess um, is that you heard a lot about purity and how important purity was. Um, I know I was given a, a purity contract, you know, to sign when I went away for um, a weekend. It was like a weekend discipleship now conference. And there was one segment that was talked about purity and we're all given like this thing to sign. And that's not horrible, but I don't think it helps um, because purity is very one-sided. Um, and sadly, we live in a world where some people did not have the choice and that purity was taken from them. So if you're having a conversation with a child or a teenager and you're just talking about purity and don't have sex and don't do this and don't do that, um, there are some kids that are going to be isolated from that and thus their self-worth is going to be taken down many, many notches and they're going to be sitting there realizing, I don't have that to give anymore. And God doesn't only see our purity. God sees all of us and wants all of us to realize that we need to have a sexual integrity, which is not just 
what we can control about ourselves, but how we need to control how we view and treat other people as well. I feel like if we can raise up a crew and a generation of kids that sees other people as a masterpiece, it would change a lot of the issues that we are having in this world. Um, Very much so. So that is sexual purity or sexual integrity, guarding my potential for intimacy through appropriate boundaries and mutual respect. Um, because purity may be taken from us or may be lost in an, insta- in, an, in an instance, but sexual integrity is something that we always need to have, no matter what. So we're going to spend some time talking about what that looks like during these phases from preschool into elementary. So when you have your preschooler, the first part of sexual integrity is actually what we've already talked about. It's introducing them to their body. So they'll discover their body and define privacy. I cannot press this hard enough that from an early age, your kids need to realize that they are the rulers of their body. If they don't want to hug someone, You need to be able to raise them with a voice that can say, no, I don't want to hug you. Um, That's why I've stressed to our kids volunteers, and I hope you've seen this in the classrooms. They are not to say, give me a hug or or make kids feel bad if they don't want to hug them. Um, I don't approve of that with my own children. We're not going to do that to your own kids because kids need to realize that they have a voice and they are the rulers of their bodies. So people don't get to touch them if they have not given them permission to do it, even if it's a hug. Um, So I'll get off my soapbox a little bit, but please don't make your child feel bad if they don't want to hug someone. Um, I don't think I was raised intentionally to feel that way, but did kind of grow up in a society where there was a certain expectation because we didn't want to be seen or deemed rude. Um, But what kids do with their bodies, they need to feel like they have control over that from an early age. Yes, like they still need to bathe them and take care of them. And so you teach them that, that that's a part of it is taking care of your body. No, we do need to bathe your body because you're taking care of it. Um, But I've instituted with my kids from an early age a hug or high five. So you have the choice. You can either hug someone or you can high five them. Um, We don't want to be rude. Like we want to say hello and goodbye and acknowledge someone because again, God loves them, right? We want to acknowledge them. They're a special person. But how we use our bodies to do that is your your call. So very important. Hugs or high fives. Um, And with that, You can start the basics of saying things like God made you, um, you name your body parts, and you need to use the real names, parents. I know it can sound awkward and maybe you get grossed out by using the real names, but it's super important. You want to call a penis a penis. You want to call a vagina a vagina. It's super important that you use those real words. Um, So you want to use the real names for private parts. Um, That way, if there's ever a situation where they have been touched, 
they have the right thing to say so people can clearly understand what they are talking about and there's no gray area. Um, And this should be taking place from like even zero to one year old, right? And then from like one to two, you want to start talking about how there's differences and acknowledge differences um, between boys and girls. And you also want to start defining privacy, um, which would be saying things like private parts are meant to be private. And so the things we do with those private parts um, are private too. Um, Going to the bathroom, you know, would be one of those things like I mentioned earlier. And you want to be able to answer simple questions um, around the ages of three and four um, and say things like babies grow inside of mama until it's time to be born. You don't have to say the tummy because, again, they don't grow in the tummy. Um, So, but you can say things like babies grow inside their mommy until it's time for them to be born. Okay. So those are simple things that you can do in the very beginning that set up the kind of stair-stepping of sexual integrity. And you can affirm a positive view of their growing body by saying things like, I love watching you grow. And you want to coach privacy too and say things like, sometimes it's polite to look away, right? Especially if you have many kids, um, It's good to teach them that sometimes we need to look away. If it deals with private parts and other people's bodies, we want to give them privacy. Um, That's why all of our changing stations at Hill City are up high out of the way. And um, as they get older, like in our park room and our treehouse room, while they're kind of even inset inside of a closet, because we want to teach them from an early age that private parts, that's for privacy. And we want them... um, to be able to have that that privacy that they need. Um, So you want to embrace their physical needs by also teaching sexual integrity, introducing them to their body, and all those things. Super important, okay? Um, When my kids were little, we would do things like um, having them stand in front of their mirror after bath time. Cause you also, while you want to teach them privacy and here's kind of the, the trick you don't, um, want, there's a difference between respect and shame, right? So you want kids to understand the respect of their private parts, um, but in, and, and still how they are beautifully and wonderfully made of God, those differences, those differences between boys and girls, um, are important, but you also have to be careful because you don't want them to to feel shameful about their body parts either, because that can also have some developmental hiccups. If they feel like embarrassed about their private parts, we don't want to teach that. So how we kind of did this in our home to help that is we would have them stand in front of their mirrors, again, individually, not like together, um, and look at their bodies and say, look at how beautiful the body is that God gave you. It's so strong. And we would have, you know, like Lucy flex and say, look at your pretty muscles that God gave you. Um, and from an early, early age, I don't think it's still this way, but Lucy went through a period when she started preschool where she um, did not like her curly hair. She um, wanted to have straight, she called it princess hair. She wanted to have straight princess hair. So that's why when Merida came out, that was like the first princess we really embraced and talked about. We didn't do a whole lot of um, Disney princess stuff. Um, If you want to know why, I can go into detail about that another time. 
Um, but so when Merida had that beautiful, crazy, curly red hair, we embraced that. Um, so she could see, um, a princess that had wild, beautiful, curly hair. Um, around that time, I think Dove also came out with a commercial for their curly hair line that had a bunch of people with curly hair. And I would show that to her. Um, we read books with main characters that have curly hair. Um, but things that they kind of latch onto or start comparing them um, to other kids, pay attention and listen to that. And then try to find positive books that teach a, a great self-image, whether it's skin tone or hair or size. Um, try to find some great books that teach great body image and embracing those differences because you cannot start that too early. You want them to feel confident and loved in the body God made them. Um, so we would do that with our kids in the mirror, have them stand in front and talk about all the great things that God made them and their body. And um, we would also do um, naked runs after the bath where they would get out and we'd dry them off and we'd go, naked run! And they would like streak. I don't know. I like grew up with like feeling, with like an overly attached sense of modesty and I like wanted my kids to have a better like respect and understanding of their body and so that was one thing I did was naked runs anyway not me personally but my children all right so that is starting that conversation of sexual integrity with your preschooler then for elementary school um, it's all about engaging them and informing them. So we move from introducing them to their body to informing them about how things work, right? So appreciation of parts is preschool. And then how those parts work and fit together is elementary school. And it's very important that you, um, you I'm talking overall about elementary, but there's a big phase span with elementary, right? When you think about a five or six-year-old kindergartner to a 10 or 11-year-old fifth grader. So when um, they're in kindergarten and first grade, you're going to start talking to them about boundaries and saying things like, your body belongs to you. And again, I think that you can even do that earlier, um, how I mentioned previously, but definitely kindergarten, first grade, you're really instilling that. Um, you're going to talk about um, giving simple, you're going to give simple answers to biological questions in kindergarten and first grade. Um, they didn't, don't need to know all the steamy details of sex, right? But talking about how those parts fit and work together um, to make a baby is super important. Um, then around second and third grade, you're going to transition to explaining um, about um, relational skills and working on things like kindness and respect. Again, that is still a part of sexual integrity, right? Kindness and respect. Um, again, with the whole Me Too movement, we can see how when people are not brought up realizing that kindness and respect um, is a part of having sexual integrity about what can happen. So Yes, teaching people and kids mutual kindness and respect, especially of other people's bodies, um, is very important. And you're going to begin a conversation about body changes. Um, and that's like around fourth and fifth grade. You're going to be talking about how your body changes. Um, and you're going to support finding and keeping 
um, close friends and best friends. Friendship is a great part of that. And you're going to caution about um, sexual activity. And yes, parents, you're going to start talking about porn. Um, The average age where a child first saw porn used to be 11 years old. Now it's nine years old. Um, And a lot of that has to deal with how much more easily accessible it is. I know it used to be when I was in fifth grade, the only way you could see pornography is if someone had a Playboy, right? And smuggled it to school. Or when you were at someone's house, you know, they showed you the stash that someone had in a closet or under a bed, right? Well, that's changed because of these fun little things we call smartphones. So now the accessibility is just so easy. And parents, they're stumbling upon it, not even on purpose. And so when kids don't understand what it is that they are about to see or see, then they get all those images and things in their mind and they don't even know how to process it. So that's another reason why it's just so important to go ahead and start these conversations of sexual integrity um, as they're young because it's happening at a younger age and so they can also realize, oh, I don't need to look at that and get help or move on. Um, There's a great book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, and I can't remember the name of the author with it, but if you get on um, Amazon and type in Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, the cover of the book has Um, a fellow in a blue shirt, I think, that is at a laptop and he's like pushing away and turning his head away from something. And it's a great book to read along with your kids about what to do. How, first off, how do you distinguish between something that is um, okay to look at and something that's not okay to look at? And then what do you do? Once you have identified that something could be harmful to look at, how do you get out of that situation and what do you do and how, how to avoid it in the first place and then if it's there, what to do. Um, again, that's a great book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. I highly recommend it. Um, so that's their, the main part about elementary is that you're informing them how things work so they'll understand biology and build social skills. Again, social skills and how we respect others and interact with others is a part of having good sexual integrity. Um, That is a part of it. You're laying a great foundation with that. Um, And if you have not started talking to your kids about sex before they get into middle school, you got to do it. And I will say the schools shouldn't beat you to the punch. Think they start having conversations with kids in fourth grade you need to have sat down with them with a book going over things before fourth grade. Um, And I do have a couple of great resources um, to give you guys. So there's two different ones I think are great. One is by um, a psychologist by the name of Jim Burns, who is amazing. He's got a book for preschoolers, and he has another one for elementary school kids. The one for, I think it's three to five-year-olds, is God Made Your Body. And then the one for um, five to nine-year-olds is How God Made Me. Um, And it talks about parts. It talks about how um, babies are conceived in the womb, all that great stuff. Um, And we have copies of these in our office at Hill City. If you want to pop by and just take a look at one to see if it would fit you and that's the one you want to order it before you order it, um, you're welcome to do that. And then there's another series called God's Design for Sex. 
Um, and you can buy the books individually or you can buy the whole series. And those are great too. They tell you what um, the age frame is for each of the book. I will tell you, they're, I'm going to say explicit and graphic and you're going to think of something else. But they are like, oh, hey, that's how you make a baby. So um, they're very good. We used we use that series in particular with both of our kids. Um, I do like the Jim Burns one, I think maybe a little bit better, but they are both great. Um, and talk about the parts and talk about respecting your body and all that. So they're good. Um, but you need to have notice how I said the ages, you know, three to five for the first book series. Again, you need to start having these conversations early with your kiddos, Um, and then, you know, again, you tell them age appropriate information, depending upon the age they are. Um, Jim Burns tells a story about how there is a parent who kind of didn't do that and like jumped the gun where their child said, um, like asked about sex and the mom was like, okay, here we go. And so like went into graphic detail about sex and at the end noticed her kiddo was just kind of sitting there with these wide eyes and had a form from school where it said sex, M or F. And like they didn't understand what that was. So keep in mind um, the conversation you're having with your kids, where they're coming from. When they ask you questions, um, try to get some backstory. Like, oh, that's a good question. Why do you ask? so that you know how to cater your answer. Again, you always wanna give them full information, but it needs to be appropriate to the age and the phase of the child that you're talking to so they can process it and understand it. Um, But I will say, if you don't give them the information, their friends will or Google will. And it's always better for them to get the information from you and to know that you're a safe source, a reliable source, and you're gonna shoot them straight. So that's going to help you. Again, that's groundwork you're wanting to lay so that when they're in middle school and high school, they will come to you for the information instead of a friend or a computer source, right? Because that's not going to end well. (laughs) All right. So that is sexual integrity for preschool and elementary school. So many good things. So I'm going to give you guys, again, a list of some resources that are great that can help navigate these conversations with you. Um, And the parent cues for middle school and high school will have some things that can help navigate those conversations as well. But again, the book resources, the author's name is Jim Burns. He made God Made Your Body and How God Made Me. And then a great one for middle school is Teaching Your Children Healthy Sexuality. I'm talking about that. And then the series by Stan and Brenna Jones is God's Design for Sex. And then another book I really suggest that you read, even if you just have a preschooler or an elementary kid right now, is by Andy Stanley. And it's called Love, Sex, and Dating. It is so good. So good. And it talks about how, um, as a Christian and also as a non-Christian, why it's so important for us to respect sex. Um and then there's a great Orange Kids podcast. Um, Orange Kids podcast is primarily geared towards um, people that work in children's ministry, but this would be a great one as a parent to listen to. It's um, episode three, and it's about how we can't just have the talk with our kids, how it needs to be an ongoing dialogue 
about sex. Um, Not just a one-time sit-down explaining the birds and the bees, but it needs to be an ongoing conversation. And that's why it's so important um, to teach, you know, the sexual integrity part um, about it because we can do that from an early age on um, and can set them up for success. All right? So if you ever have a question about those resources and want to email me and talk to me about it, you are definitely more than welcome to. All right, so that's the end of our sex talk. Ah, So fun. All right, for Kara's Parenting Corner, I do want to start off with this quote also by Jim Burns. It says, affirmation is a much greater motivator than guilt and shame. It takes nine affirming comments to make up for one single critical one. Ouch. So if you have middle schoolers in your life right now, like I do, that is a quote to hang on to. Nine affirming comments to one critical one. Um, But it also made me think about how important it is for us as parents to have fun with our kids. And this kind of goes along with the whole sex thing. If we want to be able to have a relationship with our kids where they can come to us and they can talk to us about anything and everything, fun is important. Fun is the glue that helps families stick together. Um, Reggie Joyner, who um, is the one that started the curriculum we use at Hill City Orange, he um, always says, you know, it's not quality or quantity that's important. It's the quantity of the quality moments that we spend with our kids. So we don't just want to have a lot of time with them. We want to have quality time with them. And fun is a super important way to build great quality moments with our kids so that when they do have big questions, so that when they do make mistakes um, or there is a problem, they will come to us because um, they know that they can trust us and they know that um, we will not condemn them but come alongside and help either answer their questions or walk them through a situation. So one holiday that's coming up is St. Patrick's Day. Um, St. Patrick's Day, I think, is just so, so much fun. I know it can be crazy town and has kind of turned into just an excuse to get drunk. And I do not celebrate that. But I do celebrate that it is a fun holiday. Also, the story of St. Patrick, I think, is great. Um, Every year, I think I still did it last year, even when my son was a fifth grader. Every year, yeah. We watch a VeggieTales episode about St. Patrick um, because I think it's great. I just think it's a, a cool story and we watch it and I think it's fun. Um, and we just do fun, silly things. It, I love a great theme and thematic themes. It's, I guess, my past life as a teacher comes out where I have always just enjoyed thematic learning. And so St. Patrick's Day, it just provides so many great, silly ways to make fun memories. So we will post this um, with our different Hill City Kids sites and stuff, but they have some great suggestions on how to make the most of St. Patrick's Day. Um, Every opportunity really is an opportunity to have fun with your family. So here are a couple of fun St. Patrick's ones. Um, Have some luck for breakfast. Green up breakfast with a little food coloring. You could serve some green eggs and ham or maybe some avocado toast or 
put some food coloring in your pancakes or waffles. Um, just don't mess with the bacon because no one needs to mess with bacon unless you just put chocolate on it, which I've had at baby showers, oddly enough, and it's delightful. But anyway, so you can do some fun, silly things at breakfast. I would put green food coloring in the toilet water and the kids would walk in there and think it's hysterical that it was green. Um, you can do a pot of gold. You can purchase a bunch of cheap items like green sunglasses or new lip balms or like $5 gift cards from like 7-Eleven or candy or gum. Um, and you can get for each item, I guess if it's small enough, you could wrap up more than one, but get some gold paper and you can wrap up these items and then just hide them around your house. And you can choose one searcher at a time and you can even buy a little green hat if you wanted to have them look like a leprechaun or make one out of green paper um, and give him or her one minute to find a golden item. And if you struggle, you can do the whole like hot or cold thing if they're younger. Um, But once each person finds an item, have them place the still wrapped item in a large pot. You could use a cooking pot. And once all the items have been found, you can gather the whole family together and one at a time, each person reaches into the pot and unwraps one. I think that's a super cute idea. You could also plant a shamrock. Um, You could tell a story. So St. Patrick is credited with converting Ireland to Christianity and was a man of courage and perseverance. So you can talk to your child about what it means to your family to be able to go to church, to worship and learn about God. And if you're comfortable doing so, you can even share with your child your own personal faith journey and how it's impacted your life. Um, Again, the more they hear and see you engaged in your faith, the more that helps them. There are a lot of fun things um, to do just to make some fun memories around St. Patrick's Day so your kids can feel bonded together as a family through fun. Ours consists of eating a lot of Lucky Charms. We are not a sugar cereal family. So when St. Patrick's Day rolls around, my kids get so excited because they know it means that I'm going to buy Lucky Charms. And we've made Lucky Charms um, bars before with marshmallows. We've just had it regular with cereal and milk every morning, but they get so excited with the Lucky Charms. So that's something else. If you just want to do something simple and not get stressed out putting stuff together, you can just buy some Lucky Charms. So I hope Cara's Parenting Corner has helped you um, be excited to instill some fun in your family for the month of March to create those great memories to keep you guys sticking together. Um, And so also to encourage them to come to you um, through tough situations that you've got enough relational equity with them that they would seek you out. All right. Thanks guys so much for listening. This was a jam packed podcast, I think, and super exciting because I don't believe we're going to talk about sex very often. So especially, you know, with church, super cool. Um, yeah. So again, if you have any questions about the things we talked about, reach out and let me know. Um, in our communication that Corey, Lauren, and I will be giving you, we will share the um, sexual integrity information that I gave you. There's this great little phases map that you can have that talks, basically just says exactly what I said. I was reading it, basically, um, about how sexual integrity looks and how you can talk through the phases with them. So we will make sure we get that in your hand as a resource. But it's been great. It's been fun. I hope that you will go out in the parenting world and just crush it. Um, So we're going to 
leave things with a prayer. And this is one of the prayer suggestions they have during cuddle time from our preschool parent queue. So let's pray together. Dear God, we just thank you so much for making our kids. Um, They are smart and creative and helpful like you are, God. And we love being their parents. Help us to trust you um, that you love our sons and daughters even more than we do because you made them. And because of that, we can totally trust your plans for them. We love you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys.